looking at those habits and not not even judging them, like even the ones that, you know, we're identifying as like, hey, maybe that was kind of unhealthy, kind of valuing who you were in those moments and valuing like, that's what I really felt I needed. And and maybe I did need that. Or those those are the skills that I had to cope with life. Or those are the skills that I had developed to be able to make it through the world okay. Looking at it from that compassionate lens of not judging those past things, but just saying like, that doesn't serve me anymore. I felt like it served me at the time, but it doesn't anymore. And so it's okay that that's how that went. And now I'm just going to choose something else. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 71 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I've been waiting to bring you an episode like this for so long. And guys, today we are talking all things Enneagram. You've heard me talk about how I'm a type three through and through. And maybe you've been asked what your type is or your number is. or Maybe you've heard about wings and all the different aspects of the Enneagram. And today we're going to make sense of everything and maybe even leave you with something fun to bring home for the holidays to your family. I've find that the Enneagram is really, really fun to bring into a social setting and get to know people better. And if you're like me and you just love personal development, you love getting to know yourself better, you're going to love today's guest. Stephanie Baron Hall is a certified Enneagram coach who teaches the Enneagram to individuals, teams, and is on Instagram as Nine Types Co. Her fascination with human personality began in childhood and has only expanded since. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology and is pursuing a master's in organizational communication and leadership. So her experience is incredible. It comes through in clear, concise, and visually appealing teachings over on Instagram. And then her coaching is super powerful as well. She uses Enneagram personality typology because she believes that self-knowledge is the first step in helping you build a life that you love. And of course, we love that over here in the Grinding Grateful podcast land. And today she's going to use Enneagram wisdom to help us better understand our own core motivations, our own personalities, connect more deeply with others, and ultimately uncover how we can show up best in our own lives. So I can't wait for you to hear from Stephanie and about all of the nine types. But before we get into the interview, let's do the review of the week. This one comes from Beck Lee PT. And she said, grateful for Marie and her voice, five stars. Marie's voice is refreshing and encouraging. I just started listening and now I'm playing catch up. Marie's own wisdom from her experiences and the nuggets verbalized by her guests have already inspired me to change my thoughts and work towards a healthier lifestyle. I'm so happy to hear that. I am so thankful for Marie and her team. I can't imagine the time and energy it takes to create a podcast, but each one is so full of love and content that is relevant to a lot of us and can easily be translated into action, all caps, 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Beckley PT. Your review means the world to me and also my team. I know Kelsey editing this right now is just beaming that you kind of shout out the team as well as myself. So we are super grateful for you. We would love to send you a little surprise wellness care package as a huge thank you for taking the time to leave us a glowing review. So please send me a DM on Instagram if you are Beckley PT um, and we'll get that sent out to you. If you're not Beckley PT, and you want a chance to be featured as a review of the week and get some wellness goodies from yours truly, then go ahead to the podcast app on your iPhone or the iTunes app on your Mac computer and leave us a rating and review. It only takes a minute, but it means the entire world to my team and I because Beckley PT is right. Doing a podcast is a huge labor of love, but we absolutely adore our podcast community and all of the guests that we get to share with you guys. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. This week's show is brought to you by my ride or die supplement company, PE Science. You guys know that PE Science has been in my corner for years and years now, and they have supported me through all of my endeavors as a type three, the achiever, and they can support your goals as well. So head over to PEScience.com and use code Marie at checkout to save 15% on your entire order. Again, that's P-E-S-C-I-E-N-C-E, PE Science, and the 15% off code is Marie. Thank you again. Again, to PE Science for being this week's podcast sponsor. And now let's get into the episode. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the Grind to Be Grateful podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so pumped for today's episode, and I've heard that we're both threes, so I think we're going to get along um, yeah. well, and I know that we also have some really eye-opening things to get into and that our listeners um, can't wait to jump in as well because I've been talking about the Enneagram here and there for like quite some time, but I really only know a lot about the Achiever type, so it's super exciting to have you on here today. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and your background as far as like who you are, what you do and like why you really swear by the power of the Enneagram and you use that for all of your teachings today? Yeah. So um, a little bit about me. Um, I actually have a background in psychology and I studied psychology literally because I love human personality and learning about human personality. So I have a bachelor's in psychology, and then now I'm getting my master's degree in organizational communication, which I just think is such a seamless transition for me with the Enneagram. Um, So kind of how did I get to this point? Um, A few years ago, I was actually working at this really great um, job that had really good personal and professional development. And we use this tool called Total SDI um, in the workplace. And it's motivation-based, similar to the Enneagram. And so because I loved it so much, my husband actually was like, oh, you should get into the Enneagram. Um, And I was like, no, no, you know, kind of brushed it off. And then it came up Mm -hmm. a few more times. My sister also told me, hey, you should get into the Enneagram. So finally, after their persistence, I did. And I was like, floored at how mm-hmm. accurate it was, but also how transformational it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm sure if any of your listeners have gotten into the Enneagram, they've had that similar experience. Um, and I just love it because I've seen the way it's helped my own self-knowledge and my own relationships and my own goals for the future. Um, so what I do now is I kind of help 
people like individuals and teams kind of see where they're getting tangled up in communication or where they're getting tangled up in um and and not really meeting their full potential and i use the enneagram mm-hmm. to help them kind of live that fulfilling life that they desire but they're not quite sure how to get there yeah i love that and i i totally agree like once i kind of dove into the enneagram for myself it felt first of all so affirming and like i felt so understood in a way that i never really had in other like personality tests or um just with my own self-awareness and i was like wow there are all of these aspects of me that are like you know, both the things that I saw as strengths and flaws, like they go hand in hand mm-hmm. and like there are other people out there just like me. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it was super powerful. But for any of our listeners who are new to the Enneagram world or maybe they've just heard me reference it briefly um, and they hear all this talk about like numbers and wings, and instincts and stuff. Can you give us a brief overview of like what it is and how we can use it? Yeah. So the Enneagram, like I mentioned, is a motivation-based personality system, and it's based around nine core motivations. So to find your type, it's not your behavior that matters. It's actually your motivation. So learning Mm -hmm. the Enneagram helps you to see your shadow side and kind of your blind spots and the things that you might not even be aware of um, that are kind of standing in the way of your growth or um, your thriving, essentially. Um. And often we're just on autopilot. So the Enneagram helps us to wake up and see ourselves and our way of being in the world more clearly. So Mm -hmm. with that, that self-knowledge is so powerful, not only to understand ourselves, but also to understand others. Because the more we know ourselves, the more we can understand that others don't think exactly like the way we do. And so we can have more empathy and more compassion and um, communicate better and actually grow those connections that we long for. Um, that we're just not quite sure how to cultivate. Mm-hmm. I love that you really focus on the communication aspect of the Enneagram because for me, that was one of the biggest breakthroughs is like understanding the people that are close to me. For example, like my fiance, he can't decide if he's a four or a nine, but like either way, he's very different from me. And like we have totally different motivations and that just gave us so much clarity on like how to relate to each other. And I think beyond self-awareness like it makes perfect sense that you use this in more of like a team setting and for you know team development as well yeah and you know it's it's so powerful that i think sometimes people shy away from it at first because they're not quite mm-hmm. sure but i just think it's so important to just really get into it and really dive deep into it especially when you're first learning it uh-huh. So if someone wants to figure out what type they are, are there any specific like tests you recommend or do you just kind of recommend like looking at all the types and seeing what you identify with the most? Yeah. So I actually recommend sitting with the core motivations. I, I wrote a self-typing guide and it's just a downloadable PDF, but it kind of walks you through that process because you know, there are so many tests and there are so many different little assessments that you can take online. And while those sometimes Mm -hmm. can be helpful, the Enneagram is about self-discovery. And so I want people to actually kind of identify what it is about them that, that motivates them and, and kind of where they're getting in their own way. Um, and I think it's so important to look inside rather than letting a test kind of, um, be the quick fix. Um, I think it's so important to do the the self-discovery work And it's going to be more impactful that way. 
Yeah, that makes total sense. So where can our listeners find that if they are interested in doing that work? Yeah, they can find that on my Instagram. It's just, um, it's one of my links in my um, link in my profile. And it's just a free self-typing guide. Okay, perfect. We will link that in the show notes. So for those listening, if you don't know your type yet, that would be um, a great place to start. Uh, And can you just give us like, I don't know if this is way too big of a question because there are nine different types, but maybe just can you list the core motivations of each type so that people have a little bit of a idea of what um, the different options might be? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's so much to all of them. And so I'm going to give you just like a small little taste of each of them. Um, yeah. And just something I love about each of them too, because um, like I mentioned, the shadow work, it's so easy, especially when you find your Enneagram type to get really down on yourself. So I'm going to mm-hmm. mention something that I really enjoy about each of them. And um, yeah, so if you're listening then and finding your type and you're hearing me talk about your type and you're feeling down, just wait. I'm going to get to something I love about you as well. So perfect. Type ones are motivated by the need to be truly good. They're idealists who believe that a perfect world could exist. So they put all their energy and effort into making that happen. So they're really responsible and diligent and hardworking. Um, And one of my favorite things about ones is that they approach life with purpose and intention in everything they do. They truly want to do things well and make the world a better place. Type twos are motivated by the need to be loved and wanted. So they believe they're most lovable when they're helping others. And twos are very warm and relational and they have an ability to walk into a room and know exactly who needs their help. But one of my favorite things about twos is that they are truly altruistic. When unhealthy, they get the reputation that their help is self-serving, but generally they really just want to encourage and lift others up. Mm -hmm. Type threes are motivated by the need to be worthy and valuable. And you'll notice that I teach this differently than a lot of Enneagram teachers who teach that type threes are motivated by the need for success. But Uh I find that threes are actually motivated by finding their worth and their productivity. Mm-hmm. So they're doing everything they can to be as productive and valuable as possible in society. Um, and one of my favorite things about threes is that they love to inspire others to be the best possible version of themselves and reach their potential, which is why it made so much sense to me when I heard that you're a three, because I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's your entire thing. Like that's your whole yep. message. <laughs> and it's funny because I have so many friends in like the same industry and space that I'm in. And so many of us are threes. I think this role just like really calls to the threes. Totally. And actually it's so funny because I feel like with Enneagram coaches, there aren't as many threes. And I think it's because it's a more contemplative um, kind of practice. And so sometimes threes have a little bit too much aggressive energy, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. um Yeah. So type fours are motivated by the need to find themselves and to be who they truly are. They believe that there's something deeply different about them. And sometimes they love being different and sometimes they hate being different. So they're seeking deep, um, meaningful, authentic relationships. Um, and, and that deep, meaningful, authentic relationship with themselves. So they also are super introspective, And one of my favorite things about fours is that they're so fully themselves and they bring significance and meaning to everything they do. Mm -hmm. um, And they show up 100% as who they are. So type fives are motivated by the need to be competent and self-sufficient. 
and they believe that they must gather all the resources to survive. So they conserve their time and energy to dedicate themselves to learning and research. And um, this can be, you know, books or, or Wikipedia or Reddit or podcasts or like they might love learning about makeup. So it's not, you know, one specific thing. I've known fives who are really into powerlifting, for example, and they're mm-hmm. into their macros and all that kind of stuff. So um, it can be any topic. But one of my favorite things about fives is that they follow their curiosity to new heights of knowledge. And they're just so wise and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Type sixes are motivated by the need to be safe and secure. In an effort to create the stability they seek, sixes plan for the worst case scenario so that they're always prepared. Because they desire predictability, though, they're loyal and tend to commit for the long haul. And one of my favorite things about sixes is that they're so committed to their community and they're dedicated to their friends and loved ones. And once you have a six in your inner circle, they're there for life. Just so awesome. Type sevens are motivated by the need to avoid pain or boredom. So they're really motivated to find freedom in the most um, expansive sense of the word. They Mm -hmm. see opportunity everywhere and they can't wait to get started on the next fun adventure. And they're super fun loving, quick minded, and spontaneous. And one of my favorite things about them always pick out a seven. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, totally a seven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And 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 one of my favorite things about them is that, like, it's not just that they want that happiness and joy, it's that they want you to experience that happiness and joy as well. Mm -hmm, Totally. Um, And they kind of want people to join in on the adventure with them. Yeah. And I love that about them. Same. Type eights are motivated by the need to um, protect themselves and to be independent and to assert themselves. So they're acutely aware of the injustice around them and they fight for the truth and justice by challenging the norm and resisting control. And one of my favorite things about eights is that they're so tenderhearted and kind beneath their tough exterior. Um, And they'll challenge you to meet your potential because they see something of value inside you that you don't see. So they're kind of similar to threes in that way. Mm Mm-hmm. And finally, type nines, Um, they're motivated by the need to be at peace internally and externally. They believe that if they assert themselves, they'll cause disruption. So they actually merge kind of who they are and their ideas and opinions of others to feel at peace. Once they um, kind of have merged, it's, it's hard for them to kind of speak up and like actually speak their mind and assert who they are. Okay. But one of my favorite things about nines is that they see how we're all connected, even in our differences. And you know what? I get pushback on that when I, whenever I say something like that, because nines are like, that doesn't seem as meaningful as the other things. Yeah. But, you know, I've been on teams where there are no nines and you can feel it. Like uh-huh. you need that calm, peaceful, connecting energy. And yeah. I think it's just so important. Yeah, I would agree. And I'm sure that like so many people just going through this list, they were trying to figure out like what they are, who the people close to them are. And each one like truly has their own benefits and like amazing plus sides. But a lot of the different types, I think, always think that like they're the worst types. <laughs> like yes. I've seen a lot of memes about like type three wondering if they are like the worst type or like not the yeah. most worthy type. And I think it's just so normal to question like, okay, are these certain sides of my personality like wrong or bad or would it wouldn't it be better if I was this way but they all like serve such a great purpose and that's like you said like not having a type nine on your team 
makes a team weaker, even though a type nine mm-hmm. might consider themselves like weaker because they don't always stand up for what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like all nine types have um, such significance and beauty to bring. Um, and that's why I love the Enneagram is because it helps us recognize those things and bring them out, not only in ourselves, but also in one another. Mm-hmm. So with like learning about your type, you're really right that when you first learn about your type, you're like, you kind of focus on the bad things about it a little bit. At least I did. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. how can I, how can I achieve the best version of a type three? Because I'm an achiever. Yeah. So obviously that's like where my mind went. But I think a lot of people, they kind of focus on all of the potential pitfalls of their type. So how can we look at the shadow side or like the unhealthy side of our type as, you know, like an opportunity instead of a negative or like something to be afraid of? Yeah, I think that's such a good question. First of all, I will say that I think threes in general have a really, really hard time when they first discover their type Mm -hmm. because, you know, the type three is all about that performer and, and, having that, that outer layer. And and we think that we're so good at fooling others into believing that, you know, we're this other person and not the essence of who we are, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so we have such a hard time just settling in with our type. Um, so that's very common. I, I think, especially with threes. Um, but yeah, the shadow side can be really disturbing and, upsetting, especially at first. But what I find is that as you kind of learn more about yourself and learn more about the Enneagram and Enneagram language and everything like that, what you'll find is that um, it kind of becomes a wake up call. Mm -hmm. So when you find yourself, you know, it's all about the stories that we tell ourselves. Um, And I think it's Renee Brown that talks about that, who says, um, you know, the story, the story I'm telling myself is, and, and if you start to notice that and start to say, okay, the story I'm telling myself is I have to be productive to be loved, which is the type three story. You start noticing that. And then you start saying, okay, actually, no, maybe I don't have to be Definitely. productive to be loved. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't have to be the best and, and kind of shifting the story, but you don't know to shift that story unless you know it's there. So that's why the shadow side is so valuable for us, even though it's, it's kind of painful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, that was, it was so enlightening to like, know that, you know, the, the shadow parts of my type or my personality are normal, you know, like it's kind of like a package deal to struggle with what I struggle with to match the strengths that I have. That was definitely really comforting. But then just, I started noticing any of the like unhealthy patterns I had that came with my type. And that was a little bit overwhelming at first, but the more I could kind of lean into it, the more I could, you know, work through that stuff instead of just like being frustrated or, or not continuing to do it and like not even realizing it, which I think is even worse. Like you have to be aware of a shadow side or a unhealthy mm-hmm. pattern or whatever in order to work through it. Yes, exactly. That's so true. Yeah. So um, personally, I think one of the most confusing parts of the Enneagram, like once you, you know, you learn your type and then everyone starts talking about like wings or different um, 
I'm not sure if this is also, I don't think this is also wings, but there's like a subtype within your type of like self-preservation or like a social three or whatever. So can you kind of explain how there's variation within each type itself? Yeah. So that's one of my favorite things about the Enneagram actually, is that it is so dynamic Mm -hmm. and there are so many dimensions to each type. It's not just your core type. So first let's talk about wings. Um, your wings are an adjacent number. So a lot of the time, especially this is one of the reasons I don't love tests actually is because it kind of gives you the impression that your wing is the second highest score. Yeah, that's what totally confused me. Yes. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) it's actually that wings are an adjacent type to your core type. So your core type is the why and it's your core motivation and it doesn't change, Mm -hmm. but your wings are the how. So how does it look when your core type is lived out? And those are more about your behavior. So you can have one wing. So some people feel like they have one strong wing that they lean into. You can have two wings. So some people feel like they have pretty balanced wings on either side of their core type, or you can feel like you have no wings. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are kind of the options there. And then looking at wings, why I think they matter is because when you look at the Enneagram, and I'm sure you heard this as I was going through all the types, but it kind of is like, sometimes the type next to the core type is like, seems opposite. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like three and four seem super opposite, Mm -hmm. you know, or six and seven seem super opposite. So why I love wing theory is because it's actually those opposite types and those different energies bring balance to your core type. So for example, type two is so relational and warm, but on either side of them, they have super task oriented types. So then twos are able to tap into one energy or three energy to be still highly relational, but they're also kind of powerhouses because they are kind and friendship oriented, but they're also super productive. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of the thing with the wings. It sounds like so a two would be like the perfect coworker to have. <laughs> They're great. They're great coworkers. Yeah. 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 And they um they bring just like polish and like sophistication to the things that they do because they're so emotionally intelligent. And that's mm-hmm. one of their kind of superpowers. Cool. Um, but yeah, remember it's like like a chicken, your wings are attached. <laughs> Like I said earlier, PE Science has been in my corner for years and years now, and they just have everything I need to support me through any of my endeavors as a type three. And you guys have heard by now, the type three is the achiever. And so I'm always striving to achieve something, whether that's been um, college volleyball to bikini competitions, to powerlifting, to hormone balancing and overall wellness. Like there are so many different chapters of my fitness and health journey and PE Science has helped me do it all. They have a huge variety of super high quality purity guaranteed products, but the ones I use every single day, guys, are the Vegan Select Protein, the Women's True Multi, 
the Symbiont GI, which is a probiotic and digestive enzyme blend, and their Omega-3 Plus fish oil. And like all of these combined are my little team of supplement superheroes that works together to make sure that I continue to feel amazing, see progress towards my goals, and maintain my overall health. So if you are looking to do the same, no matter what your goals are or what your Enneagram number is, they have something for you and something that you will love. And the best part about PE Science as a whole is that they take product quality and efficacy super seriously. Everything is backed by science, if you couldn't tell from the name. Everything is clinically dosed and tested for purity before it makes it to you. Like they're one of the few truly trustworthy and honest companies in the industry. And that's one of the reasons I'm so proud to be a part of their family. So if you want to check out all the products PE Science has to offer and grab some of my favorites like the multivitamin or the vegan protein powder, head to pescience.com to start shopping and be sure to enter discount code Marie at checkout to save 15% on your entire order. Again, that's P-E-S-C-I-E-N-C-E-P-E-Science.com. And the 15% off code is my name, Marie, M-A-R-I-E. So thanks again to P-E Science for being this week's podcast sponsor. And let's get back to the interview. Yeah, yeah that was definitely confusing for me because my like second highest one that I scored was not adjacent. Um, yeah. And so I just had no idea. But then there's also subtypes within your type, right? Depending on uh-huh. how you show up. Yes. So subtypes um, are based on the three instinctual variants. So instinctual variant may- basically means we all have these in- survival instincts inside of us. So self-preservation, social, and sexual And these are all things that we need to survive. And when they can actually, this can actually be taught separate from the Enneagram, but when it's paired with the Enneagram, then you get 27 total types Mm -hmm. because you can kind of pair each of the instincts with each Enneagram type. Mm -hmm. So these are different in that um, we all have all of them in us. So self-preservation is about kind of like taking care of yourself, your comfort, um, what you need in the world to survive. Um, it's not necessarily, that sounds like selfish, but it's really about physical safety and security as well as financial safety and security. So those are kind of some of the focuses for the self-preservation, um, subtype. The social subtype is focused on involvement and impact. So, they pay attention to like making connections with others um, and making themselves involved and important in the greater web of human interaction. So that's why they are kind of focused on. Um, and then the sexual subtype is focused on connection and intensity. And some people teach it as intimate or one-to-one. And I keep the term sexual because even though some people think it's awkward, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But they're seeking a highly charged experience yeah. and intense connection. So it's not just in relationships, but in everything, they want intensity and like an adrenaline rush, basically. Right. Like the fire is there for them. Yeah, exactly. So they're very passionate and everything. Got it. So each of those can be paired. And 
there are 27 total subtypes. Right. And then you can um, also have up to two wings. So there's like yes. 5 million. I mean, that's not the right math, but there's a lot of different <laughs> options for yeah. what you can like identify as in the Enneagram. Yeah, totally. Okay. So like, okay, this could go two ways. I'm curious, once people kind of identify their core type, like, do you see people usually sticking to that like lifelong? Or is that something that can kind of shift as we, you know, learn more, have different experiences, that sort of thing? Yeah, so actually, your core type doesn't change. Um, And most Enneagram teachers are of the opinion that it, you're actually born with your core type. Mm, So yeah. Um, so your core type doesn't change, but, um, as you grow and just mature over time, you know, the kind of, the concept with the Enneagram is actually that ultimate growth and ultimate like self-actualization is basically that all nine types are in balance. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, I think you kind of, that's why I think sometimes people who have done a lot of self-work or, or maybe later in their life, it's hard to determine their types because um, the things that are so glaringly obvious about us or like the stereotypes are actually kind of the average to unhealthy levels of health. Mm-hmm. That makes healthy sense. people, yeah, it, it's just harder to tell when somebody's really healthy. They kind of look like they have a little bit of every type in them. Right. Like you have the best of each thing, which makes total mm-hmm. sense. Because I feel like one of the most obvious ways to identify your type is like to identify the unhealthy traits of like, yeah, I'm, I've totally been a workaholic at times. Like, okay, this makes total sense. I'm three. So I think that that makes total sense. And also I feel like at one point I like mistyped myself because I was lacking self-awareness, not because like my type changed, right? Like I've always yeah. been a three, but at first I thought it was a one because there were parts of myself that I hadn't yet discovered. Yeah. And that, that actually happens quite a lot, um, especially with certain types. So like three and one is really common that people aren't sure which one they are. Mm-hmm. Four and nine, two and nine, three and eight, <laughs> you know, so there are all these different um kind of pairings where people are not sure which one they are. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it just goes back to the core motivation. And like you say, you know, once you kind of cultivated more self-awareness, you're able to identify your core motivation more accurately. Mm -hmm. So for someone who is either they figured out their type or they haven't been able to land on a type yet, like what do you recommend they do to start unraveling all this information like do they journal do they talk to the people they know and get like their perspective like what is kind of the the sequence of events or is that different based on your type yeah um I mean I think journaling is always helpful I hate journaling (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know if that's a three thing I've talked to a lot of threes who also hate journaling. yeah for me I have to be in the mood for it but Mm -hmm. it's hot and cold Yeah. So I think, you know, stay curious, like be curious about what is driving you. Um, that is like the most important thing. Um, and this is a therapy term, but non-judgmental self-observation. Okay. So being able to notice what's motivating you or, um, even noticing your own actions 
and not judging them, but saying like, oh, that was an interesting thought. Right. Oh, like that was an interesting way to handle that. Um, and, and kind of just holding that and observing it and maybe kind of delving into why, you know, and asking why, you know, why did I do that? Why do I think that way? Why do I feel this way? And, and not being like self-critical, mm-hmm. um, cause that's not helpful, but, right. but just being like, you know, you know, questioning that, um, kind of getting to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the concept of like not being judgmental is one of the biggest keys of the process. And it definitely was for me, but I feel like even if you're not a three and you're not driven by like achieving a specific like outcome of, you know, like mastering your type or whatever, maybe you're like a more helper type and you, you want to like, uh, or, or you might judge yourself because you think you're not helping other people or you're like being selfish or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like there's so many, every single type has probably a core judgment, I would guess, of like what they're the hardest on themselves for. But as soon as I, again, like learned that the unhealthy parts of my type were normal, that made it so much easier for me to just be like, oh, like that's what's going on. That's normal. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I should be like happy about it, but it's normal for me. And that's just an opportunity to work on it instead of like, it's bad and I need to ignore it or feel shame for it or whatever. So for me, letting go of the judgment kind of removed a layer or like an obstacle from actually growing. Because if you're just, yeah, you know, covered in judgment or like judging yourself so much, the work isn't possible. Like you can't access the, the part of yourself that allows progression. Yeah, that's so true. And, and yeah, I mean, I don't think we do ourselves any favors when we sit in shame, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or when we sit in self-criticism, it's just, it's, it doesn't help us, you know? And so, and that's actually really hard because especially certain types actually, um, find that they are propelled forward by self-criticism. Right. Yeah. Um, or by shame. I think honestly, especially ones, twos and sixes, mm-hmm. you know, or ones, twos and threes and yeah. sixes, um, feel that. And I think, you know, when, when you are propelled forward that way, the growth that's happening isn't real growth mm-hmm. because it's, it's not actually sinking in and changing your mindset, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so, so important. Um, what you were just sharing about, about judgment and everything. Yeah. Honestly, that used to be a big thing for me. Like I was striving for perfection and achievement for like all the wrong reasons. And, mm-hmm. um, I was, there was a part of me, I realized over time, like I didn't, I wasn't conscious of this at first, but like I realized that there was a part of me that was afraid to let go of the unhealthy level of perfectionism and like judgment of myself because I was afraid once I let go of that, that I wouldn't be motivated and I wouldn't be successful anymore. So that that's such a good point, like really hits home for me. So hopefully, you know, that helps other people as well that like you can let go of that and things will be better, not worse. Yeah. And you, you know, like you're saying, you find I mean, I'm curious, like when you let go of that, were you less driven? Were you less like impactful? Uh, No, if anything, I feel like I was 
more driven and more impactful because I realized like, oh my gosh, there's a better way. Like I have to tell everyone about this and I have to like spread this, this new chapter, this new leaf or this new idea that I had, because for me that really manifested as workaholism, which I already mentioned, but also, um, being really hyper-focused on like food and body image and stuff like that. And so for Mm -hmm. me, I, you know, achieved like the perfect body. I did bikini competitions. I did like all of the things I went a hundred percent in the direction of like dedicated to fitness. Um, And, you know, I won the trophies, checked all the boxes, whatever, and it still didn't fulfill me. And so discovering Mm -hmm. or like letting go of that felt like freedom. And at first it was definitely scary because I was like, well, if I'm not a fitness person or if like having the best body or whatever, like isn't my identity, then what is? Um, And that was definitely... I'd say it got a little worse before it got better. Um, <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, like, it was definitely for my highest good. And I have absolutely no regrets, obviously, of letting go of that, like, judgment and being driven from a negative place and feeling, like, unworthy or um, mm-hmm. just not good enough for success or love or whatever. Yeah. And, and now, you know, you've built this amazing platform where you can have real connections with other women and inspire them and help them reach their potential from a, a space of like actually taking good care of yourself right. and not being overly critical of yourself or um, perfectionist, right. Perfectionistic about um, what you're doing. So that's so awesome. Yeah, thank you. What do you have um, or what's your advice for someone f- who has been maybe in a similar trajectory as me where they've like noticed that they were doing things that weren't healthy or weren't kind to themselves. And now they've kind of moved on towards the healthier end of the spectrum. And now they're looking back at the things that they have done. Like, how do you, how do you kind of reconcile that? How do you forgive that? How do you um, look at your past and your unhealthy side, even if it's in your present with you know, compassion and understanding instead of, you know, wishing it would have been different. Cause I think that's something that I feel like I'm in a really good place with, but that it took me a while. Yeah. So this is actually something that, you know, we say in my family all the time, but it's, I did the best I could with what I had Mm, at the time. Yeah. And just, I, I was doing my very best, you know, and, and like letting that sink in for you. Um, so what I recommend is actually mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
going to choose something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's really powerful. Like owning your past, but also not letting it define you. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So on this show and on my platform, obviously we're really big on self-love and self-care over here. So um, can you just outline like how you can use your type to kind of inform how you can take better care for of yourself and how your type kind of determines how we all need a little something different? Yeah. Um, so it's so funny. Over the summer, I actually was really feeling like I was stressed and I, I had so much going on. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a quick series about rest. So like, what does rest mean? I feel like that's been a really popular word that we've been throwing around mm -hmm. lately, like on Instagram and everything. So I threw out this question on um, a question sticker on Instagram. And I said, you know, what does rest mean for you? And what's your type? And so it was fascinating because the responses I got were like, there were basically nine pretty clear buckets yeah. of like what the different types of rest I love that you can just use Instagram so, question boxes as like a case study. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like such good research. And yeah. I feel like as like my audience has grown, it's become even better research because the sample size is a lot yeah. bigger. <laughs> That's amazing. The funniest thing about this is like that post like totally went viral. I, I mean, I didn't get credit for it going viral or whatever, but it was like on all these different, um, you know, so many people posted it and reposted it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh my gosh, we all need rest. Like we need more rest. Mm -hmm. I'll just go through the nine different types and kind of explain them briefly because one, if you, if the one that's your type doesn't totally resonate, that's okay. Pick up one of the other ones. It's totally fine. doesn't mean you're not that type. Um, and two, I think we all kind of need to get a little bit more creative. Um, Sometimes we feel like binging Netflix is rest and sometimes mm -hmm. it is, but sometimes it's not. Um, sometimes right. that's just numbing the things that we really need to, to work through or the things that we really need to rest our minds or, and our hearts about. So here are my nine types that um, I think are really impactful. So for ones, it's um, time away. So ones feel responsible for everything. So they actually need to go on a vacation and unwind, have fun and enjoy time away. Um, or mm -hmm. even just 24 hours where they're not responsible for everything. Twos, um, it's permission to not be helpful. And they're constantly pouring in, pouring themselves out to help others. And because twos are the helper, you know, so mm -hmm. rest for twos means permission to care for themselves and to not be helpful to everyone else. Um, and if you can't give yourself that permission, this is me giving you that permission. You do not have to be helpful. Um, <laughs> so for threes, it's, um, something unproductive and threes just love to stay busy and be productive. So they need to enjoy something that feels unproductive to them, like an art project, a slow walk, doing something just for fun. And the thing about it is like, it's actually productive for you to rest but right. I threes don't feel that way. Threes are like, right. okay, I need to be 100% efficient. And actually they need to take a step back and, and rest and they'll come back better than before. For sure. Fours. Um, I think, you know, connecting with art and nature. Um, so whether that's a museum or going outside somewhere, um, 
but four is just long for beauty and meaning in the world. So spending time in art, uh, appreciating art and nature for them feels refreshing and refuels their creativity and their pursuit of meaning in the world. Um, fives need solitude to recharge. So fives only have a very limited amount of energy to give each day. So Mm -hmm. they need some alone time to recharge, to learn more about their unique interests and to be free from demands. And then they'll come back and they'll be ready to engage and they'll feel rested and recharged for the new day. For sixes, they need a break from responsibility. So sixes are similar to ones in this way. Um, But for sixes, they're so concerned with their own safety and the safety of others So a break from responsibility allows them to kind of come up for air and realize, oh, like it's not all dependent on me. The world won't come crashing down if I'm not the one, you know, taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. Sevens need stillness to decompress. And I think sevens really hate this, Um, (laughs) but sevens are chasing the next adventure in an effort to feel satisfied. So Stillness to decompress actually allows them to find the contentment in the present that is already there that they're they're just missing by always running forward. Um, Eights need safe space. Um, So I mentioned earlier that eights are very self-protective and they, Mm. you know, spend all their energy just protecting themselves from being controlled by others. So retreating to a safe space, like whether that's at home or, or somewhere they're really familiar with. Um, that just allows them to let their guard down and breathe. And and they don't have to be self-protective. They can just kind of relax. Mm-hmm. And then nines um, need alone time at home. So nines are seeking peace and comfort. And being home alone actually offers nines a comfortable place where they can be themselves without feeling the need to merge with others. And mm-hmm. I say at home because they want to be comfy and they nines aren't going to be comfy if they're out in the world. They, they need to be at home. Um, but they also kind of need that alone time too. So, um, it's, it's hard to get though. I I get it (laughs) for sure. For sure. I think that it's just, it's so interesting because you see when people talk about like self care, they, you know, the same kind of things come up, right. It's like journaling, meditating, bubble baths, or, you know, like Netflix and wine, whatever it is. Like, I feel like we kind of see the same things come up when we talk about self-care, but truly everyone thrives with something different. And it's all about like embracing whatever your thing is and like being unapologetic about it because maybe a seven for them, it's like so hard for them to slow down. And if they have a lot of seven friends who are like out adventuring, I'm sure their FOMO is killing them, but they have to like stand firm in what they need. Yeah. And I think for sevens, you know, I've heard so many sevens say like that they exhaust themselves with all of their hard driving energy. Um, and mm-hmm. they kind of forget that they actually can, can stop, you know? Yeah. And not. Yeah. So I think all of these, I mean, yeah, people are, everyone is more than welcome to like reach out to me on Instagram and ask me more about these because I love talking about this because I think it's so important. And um, I really want us all to find the rest that we need um, in order Mm. to kind of be our full selves and our healthiest selves in the world. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a a key to like reaching your healthiest expression for sure. Yeah. 
Awesome. So um, one final question, like we've covered so much great stuff, but I want to kind of circle it back to you. And because this is the Grind and Be Grateful podcast, we've got to know what's one big thing that you're currently grinding for and working really hard for. And then, and I know that you are because you're three. (laughs) And then (laughs) what's one thing that you are hugely grateful for? Um, Well, right now I'm working really hard on a couple of massive projects for next year. And I'm so bummed because I can't share anything about what I'm working on. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) But I'm like, yeah, definitely grinding on those. And um, definitely also trying to to make space for family and rest and everything in the in the midst Mm -hmm. of that. Um, And I am so grateful for just like this kind of community that I've feel like I've built on Instagram. Like it's so awesome to be able to connect with people in the comments and, um, you know, through direct messages and everything. And also to see people connecting with one another, like I'll throw a question out there on a post and people will just have conversations with one another in the comments. And I absolutely love that because I'm like, this is what it's about is like building a community, um, where we can all encourage one another. Um, right. So I'm super and grateful. And I feel like just what you do is like, it kind of automatically or inherently creates a safe space for people to be themselves, right? Because it's all about figuring out your fullest expression. So I think that's so beautiful about your community specifically. Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, I'm sure that now people have heard from you. They want to know, where can I get more Stephanie? Where can I get more Nine Types Co? So how can they find more of your stuff? How can they work with you if that's something they're interested in? Just like shout yourself out. Yeah. So connect on Instagram. My handle is Nine Types Co. It's all spelled out. And my website is ninetypes.co. So trying to keep it simple there. Um, so I, I do individual typing sessions, um, and coaching sessions. Um, so if you download that self-typing guide that I mentioned earlier, um, there's actually a little promo code in there for a little, um, few dollars off of a session with me. So please feel free to reach out and and schedule one of those. My favorite thing to do is to help teams with their communication. Um, Mm -hmm. so good communication not only makes teams more productive, but it also makes, work a more enjoyable place to be. And it's truly a win-win. So let me know if you want me to help your team get to the next level of productivity and communication um, with a virtual workshop, in-person training, or staff retreat. That's my favorite thing to do. So definitely email me about that. Awesome. And I also am so excited because I just partnered with my friend who's an herbalist and her company is called drip den herbs and we created herbal teas for every enneagram type that's so cool yes so i know the enneagram and she knows herbs so then she formulated these teas to support this like specific struggles of each type Mm, that's so genius and makes total sense i love that yeah so i'm i'm really excited about that um so that collaboration will be up soon on my instagram Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to keep an eye out for that because I'm, I'm guessing the T for a three is going to be like relaxing, grounding, something like that, um, yeah. which we need. It's like, it's like help, helping you to get that calm focus. 
mm-hmm. you know, where Perfect. it's like you're focused, but you're still calm. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out. And thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom with us, for outlining all the types and just helping us understand ourselves better today. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time. Yes, definitely. We will talk to you again soon. All righty. so much for spending your time with me on the grind and be grateful podcast i'm so happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today it would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it and please leave the show or view on itunes if you're enjoying it tell me what you think let me know what you want to hear more of it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women to become their very best selves and create more content that you're going to love Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind and be grateful, my friends.